Bill is a failed skydiver and a bear sometimes he runs. Ben's always traveling, an occasional beach bum. Phil talks a lot, Ben not at all. It's BHP Town Hall. Random guests, alcohol, BHP Town Hall. Ben created Eye on Off, he's a comic book fanatic. Phil made Pyro CMS, he's probably in a kayak. Phil talks a lot, Ben not at all. It's BHP. Town Hall. Random guests, alcohol, BHP, Town Hall. Welcome to BHP Town Hall, episode 64. Uh, I'm Matt, your host, and I'm here with Amanda Paulson. Say hello, Amanda. Hi. She's being a 6 out of 10 best friend right now, so we'll talk about that later. And we're joined by one of the best people I know on the face of this earth. Uh, he never wears shoes, and he loves making videos for other people say hello to ryan weaver hello i'm not wearing shoes currently literally no surprise there no none at all how's it going oh it's going so good um uh i i i'm this is gonna sound worse than i mean and i already told you guys this before we went online but um this sort of got me out of part of my bedtime routine with my child tonight so we could do this whenever i mean i might i might not get permission from liana to do it whenever but this is good for me so if I like schedule this like a standing town hall episode every Monday around eight PM your time, how yep. quickly will Leanna text me and tell me to knock it off? Yeah, incredibly quickly. Yeah, okay. She's way better than I am. Okay. Yep. Just just had to throw it out there. Okay, cool. Yeah. So we have Ryan on because um, you know the last few episodes we've been kind of all over the place with finance, and um, we had a, a very drunk and tired Phil Sturgeon on at one point, but we want to get there. Uh, <laughs> Uh, programming and talking about it. And so we figured uh, we bring Ryan on to talk about Symphony because they've been doing so much incredible stuff um, around the community, around their their developer experience, all different kinds of packages, platforms, supporting PSRs, and all that kind of stuff. So I want to bring um, Ryan on to, to talk about what is going on in Symphony in 2019, what does 2020 look like, things like that. Um, and the, the cool thing is I want to I start off um, with a, this hackathon they did in Europe, I know the European Union is throwing Symphony uh, a little bit of money now uh, for bug fixes and things like that. Yeah, um, you noticed that. Yeah, I mean, what what was going on with that kind of stuff? It's, it's a it, the whole thing is weird for me because and I, and I want to add political, but you know, in the U.S., like the idea of like the government like paying for anything is just like weird. And so, like, yeah, the European Union came and basically like we they I don't know they passed some law or something and so they want to invest in technologies they use so they flew 50 or trained or drove 50 um of like the most active symphony developers to brussels just to basically hack on symphony for an entire weekend um and i was not invited <laughs> <laughs> okay no i'm too far away probably etc cetera, etc cetera. <laughs> uh, no like it was just uh since i wasn't invited i still woke up at 3 a.m and lurked <laughs> What, on I mean, Slack and GitHub. <laughs> what was it like being up at three o'clock in the morning? It was awesome. It was, it was well. I have a son, so it was incredibly quiet. And so oh, I yeah. just yeah, I, I lurked on Slack. And but seriously, I mean, you don't, you know, obviously, like open source is all like volunteer based. There are some people that are you know smart enough, like Taylor and Fabian, to like kind of fund themselves to work on it. But for the most part, you know, we're just we're just kind of doing what we can. So like. What happens when you get 50 experienced developers in the room together to just work for 48 straight hours is 
ridiculous. And it was basically like five months straight of work that was done. There were like things that had been like sidelined for years that there were suddenly these active conversations on. So it was like all kinds of stats out there. You can Google for like Symphony EU hackathon. Um, but yeah, it's just like a really cool thing. And I wish that it happened all the time, but money and open source. So, I mean, is, is it going to turn into possibly like a yearly thing or? I don't know. I don't know how the funding goes for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope so. And I know they're going to like throw the bone for some other technologies that they use. Cause I think it's for technologies that the European Union, European Union, well, European oh, Union uses, yeah. um, internally on some stuff. So I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but, um, I hope so. Cause it was, it was, it was cool, man. It was just like, you could like bother people on Slack and they like got back to you immediately. Whereas yeah. I, I bother people anyways on Slack. You can ask anybody in the Symphony community. I will bother you. You sign on Symphony Slack. You've ever contributed to Symphony. I will ask you to do something. Um, but you normally, normally they ignore me. And this so, time. I mean, knock on wood. I signed back into the Symphony Slack today and you've yet to bother me. And I know that's. Oh, that, oh man, that is not good information to tell me. No, it's not. What kinds of, what kinds of things are you interested in working on, Matt? Yep, you're screwed now. Yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm so screwed. Um, I like to work on whiskey consumption. I also like to work on APIs. Um, either order really works. Okay. Uh, Mix those no, together. You know, you know, you should know me by now. If you need something, <laughs> ask me and I'll bitch about it. But I'll do it. But, you know. Uh, but so um, I don't want to, like, take the fun away from Googling it. But, like, what was, like, the top two or three things that, like, really excited you about what came out of um, – the bug fixes and things that people actually worked on. Not, not necessarily the community, but like things that were actually pushed into the framework. Uh, um, this might be a little bit like me sided because it's where I was focused on. Um, but the messenger components, mm-hmm. um, that's something that I've been, I, I, I knew nothing about like a month ago, but I, I've been binging on a lot. Um, so, you know, you like you, obviously, you know, Laravel. So like Laravel has like a sweet queue system. Mm-hmm. And um, it's something that Symphony has, like, honestly, has like lacked for a while, and and now it basically doesn't. So uh, Messenger is actually not a new thing to Symphony. It's basically a message bus. It's a really awesome message bus. Um, you can use it as a query bus if you want to. It's just like messaging handlers if you've done that kind of system before. Um, so if you need, if you don't need to do like async stuff, it's it's just cool. Um, but it also you can basically make the handlers asynchronous. So kind of, kind of the simplest way of saying it. So you're like, hey, I have this thing that's handling it. It's doing like a thumbnail or whatever. And now I want to make it asynchronous. So I'm going to make it asynchronous and and handle it. Um, but full disclosure, and and um, I like talking happy about Symphony. I don't have bad about Symphony. A couple of features missing, uh, like to really make it shine. And those are like definitely some of the things that came out. So um, the ability to like retry messages automatically, have those messages go to a failure queue or failure transport afterwards. Ability to like have one message that's handled by two handlers, but you want like one handler to go to like this queue and that handler to go to that queue. And then when this one fails, it like retries in the same queue, like lots of weird edge case nerdery stuff. Um, a Redis transport, um, which, you know, something else that Laravel has. Um, so like, honestly, like that was like really exciting thing for me because there's a lot of work to be done in that. And, and, um, like the lead developer of that component just like absolutely crushed that stuff. So um, I'm really excited for Messenger 4.3, which comes out in May. So is that, I mean, is, is that just a, a plain like PHP object type thing or is it backed by, you said Redis, but does it have like a, uh, any other kind of layer on top of that? That's a really good question. It's just, it's just a PHP library. So again, you're like used to Laravel, like you can think of the queuing system. You know, of course, I can tell you lots of great things that I think about Symphony's Messenger versus Q, Laravel's queue. But if you know Laravel's queue, like you get the idea. 
Um, and then it's backed by whatever you want. So you can back it with, um, have you ever used like RabbitMQ? Mm -hmm. I'd never used it before until like two weeks ago. N now, I have a, now I have a bunch. <laughs> yeah. So you can, yeah. you, can, you can send stuff to like RabbitMQ or Amazon SQS or Redis or um, like there's a doctrine transport, which is honestly like what we might use at our company because we're lazy. So you can just like throw it into a database. I mean, we use Doctrine at work too, but yeah. I think because um, one of the maintainers is the CTO of our company. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is what it is. Uh, but so, I mean, that, that's that's really cool. And I've seen that um, popping up um, in Symphony Live conferences as of late. So it's really cool to kind of get like a a deeper understanding of what that actually was. Because honestly, like when I saw Messenger, my, my head did not go to a bus service. I honestly thought that y'all pulled another layer of hell and brought in an SMS layer on top of the framework. Yeah, or built an, an instant messaging chat system. Yeah, that too. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so we had to say Slack on, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Messenger is like it's just like it's 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 one of those parts of Simulator now. It's like super nerd fun. You know, it just feels yeah. fun to play with. So you should play with that. If I can ever get Symphony to actually work, the way yeah. I can we talk about that? Yeah, sure. This is the conversation that. that Matt and I have on Twitter every month. So often. <laughs> let's just go through our, our therapy yeah, session right now. What's going on, man? You know, I don't know. I mean, um, so, okay, what, what was I trying to do? I was So, okay, here's my thing. With Laravel, I feel like I can just run create project Laravel Laravel. And it does pretty much everything out of the box for me. Um, and I, I'm talking a lot. I mean, I know, I know this is kind of like a, a totally different um, approach Fabian and Taylor have taken to building their frameworks where Laravel is tightly coupled to Eloquent. Whereas um, Symphony is like, you can use Doctrine if you want to, but you don't have to use Doctrine. You can just use PDO and the plain old like, uh, layer on top of that. But coming from Laravel, I really just wish there was one command I could just run and get everything I want to out of the box and just kind of fix my .m file and uh, have my commands ready to go, like all the R's and commands, and just go with it. Um, talking to Kevin, is it Kevin or Kevin? Yeah, Kevin Douglas. Yeah, he seemed like I think he gets me. His stuff gets me closest to what I want, and honestly, I just need to power through it. So the problem, so. So the problem is, yeah, there's different philosophies. Yeah. So now, because you're my friend, I have to burn you. That's um, fine. So do you building an API or are you building something traditional? Building a pure API or something traditional? I'm, I have an idea for a project that is like a total throwaway project. Um, I could honestly go either way with it. If I was going to go the Laravel route, it would be a Laravel API and a view uh, front end consuming it. Yep. So, so, so for, for this example, let, let's stick with that style. Yep. So, so this is like the different, like, this is one of the key differences, like not better or worse between Laravel and Symfony. And I, I know I'm repeating some stuff that you already know. Um, but when you start a Symfony project, you basically have like 13 files, which yeah. counts like get ignore files and throw away files like that. Cause it's tiny. You have no templating layer. You have nothing. You basically have a rotting controller layer. It's, it's, it's close to like a micro framework as you can get. And like the, the key. The key thing, and, and of course, we need to make sure that this experience is obvious, and that might be something that we're not doing as good a job as we can. But the key thing is, like, if you're building a pure API, you don't want a template. I don't want a templates directory. Uh, there is no templates directory. Like, that's silly. I don't want that garbage in my application. 
if I am, maybe I'm not even building a front end in my application. So I don't actually even want any of like the assets, JavaScript stuff. Um, if I am building a uh, sort of a more traditional app and I do want a templates directory, um, you might not, might not be using Doctrine, which as you said, can have like pros and cons as far as like making that kind of flexible. Um, so when you install Symfony, you don't have a templating engine, you don't have a database layer, you don't have Doctrine, uh, you don't have forms, you don't have validation, you don't have a serializer, you have nothing. And it right. is amazing. Because then you can install everything piece by piece, which I know sounds terrible. And this was always the problem that I had with everything before, uh, like, a, like a couple years ago, which is like, man, like as a teacher, I want to give them something small. Because if you give somebody like, you know, like a micro framework, right? You're like, look at this beautiful micro framework. It's eight lines of code. And everyone's like, this is amazing. I can understand it. And uh, but then on the flip side, of course, like, you know, reality hits very quickly because then you have to wire everything up yourself. Versus like giving the kitchen sink, which is more the Laravel way. Um, like there might be like more files that you need to kind of sort through to get started, which I don't love. But then you get, you know, once you kind of get over that curve, like, right, like life is going faster because you actually have all the stuff there. So you could never have like both. And I think that's what we tried to solve with the Symphony 4 approach, which I think is really good, which is the system of recipes, which is you do start with that project with just 12 files or whatever it is. And then when you, as you install the composer packages, the recipe system scaffolds for you. So for example, there is no templates directory. As soon as you say composer require twig, because you can't just do that. There's a, uh, also an alias system. Composer require twig, you get a templates directory. And you get a twig.yaml file. And you can see like on line three of the twig.yaml file, there's some configuration that says my templates live in the templates directory, which I just created for you. Uh, if you don't want that, you composer remove twig and those directories are gone. So Composer required doctrine, same thing. Like you don't have a, uh, a data configuration file. Um, you don't have a source entity directory um, because if you're not using doctrine, you don't need that stuff. But if you compose required doctrine, you have it. And so to kind of go back full circle back to your thing, if you're going to do a pure API backend, or even if you're going to do something that wasn't like pure, it's fine. If you want to have like some, you know, a couple like traditional pages, that's fine. Um, but if you want to do that, like kind of powerful backend, um, that is API platform, which for people that don't know Kevin Douglas, that's his um, library. It's like basically an API system that's built on top of um, Symfony. And the sweet thing about it is API platform, like if you follow their docs, and so this will speak to like two different crowds. Um, mm -hmm. If you follow their docs, what they want you to do is actually like pull down this skeleton. And the skeleton is like all pre-dockerized. And there's actually like a front end, a back end. It actually has like an HTTP2 proxy in there. It has like an admin generator and like it's all wired up together. So you can just like, you know, just, just spin up Docker and like everything is talking to each other. Um, which is really, really awesome for a lot of people. Or you can go into your Symphony application, which looks however it looks. And you can say compose require API. And it's going to download that package and scaffold everything into your application. So like that's the sweet thing about the, the recipe system plus honestly API platform because that kicks so much butt is it just it's going to put the things in your application that you need. So to go full circle on this, I think the 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 possible downside of this and like this is something that people have said is when you do start with Symphony, of course, we're going to try to write great documentation, but it might not be obvious what you need to compose or require. Because like once you sort of know that you need to compose or require Twig or compose or require API, then the files that scaffolds in sort of guide you in a sense, even if we didn't give you any other documentation, you're like, oh, I have a templates directory. I wonder where my templates go. I bet they go in the templates directory, you know? Um, but you do need to kind of know, like, I need a database. How do I get a database? Oh, here's like the compose require doctrine mm -hmm. command that I, I need to 
to get that. So that's the path that, like where I think we could we could fail. But like once we get past that, um, it's good, man. I, I, I'm totally a, a Symphony fanboy, but I love that experience of starting small and opting in and having it like kind of build your application bigger and bigger. I mean, end rant. No, that was a great rant. Um, a plus, ten out of ten. Would listen to it again. Um, I think. Yeah, I mean, part of my problem comes from the fact that, like, with with Open Sky, like everything's already set up for me. Usually, years and years and years of developers like working on it well before I got there, and it's just like it all worked. And I kind of wish I could take that application and just do what I want to do on the side, and not have to really worry about it. You know, like with Laravel, I have a bash script. I run it. It brings in all the packages I want to use, and I can just I can I'm off the races. You know, it's partly it's it's a, a whole different developer experience, but also it's it's muscle memory and comfort. You know, like if yeah. you want to learn, you got to be uncomfortable. So, you know, I mean, but that that brings us. Uh, you know, you mentioned API platform as well, and we've been talking about that a lot at work uh, for side projects and things like that. Um, and it looks really freaking cool. I mean, how how much have you gotten to play with that? It is really freaking cool. Um, full disclosures, we don't use it on our site yet, but we probably will soon. Um, but we are writing a tutorial on it right now for Symphony Cast. So we're like, we're getting into it pretty far. Um, my, my impression for, cause API platform is around for a few years and, um, well, actually, let me give like the, I'll give like the 30 second speech for people that don't, don't know about it. I, just, I sort of mentioned it's a API thing built on top of like Symphony framework. Um, but like what this thing gives you out of the box is just totally absurd. And I am honestly still wrapping my mind around it. Um, but basically like if you have a database entity, um, so here, like, so actually we talked about our tweets. Like if you wanted to start, like a, if you wanted a, a super rich, like JSON LD powered, um, like, uh, 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 swagger, like open, open API, like, uh, 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 API that like was super, super powerful, everything you had, like a single entity in your database, just to keep a simple example. Um, it's basically composer require API and then bin console make entity. Which is going to like interactively kind of guide you through building that database structure. And ultimately what you're going to have in your application is a single class, which is basically the class that uses your entity. It's a class that represents the whatever database table you have, like a product database table. And then you're going to have a little annotation about that that says this is an API resource. So the idea behind API platform is it kind of gets you away from the, um, route controller response thing. Like normally if you wanted to build an API, just like a single API endpoint, you'd be like, all right, let me build a route and I'll make a controller. And in that controller, I'm going to like build my JSON, right? And I'm going to return that as a response. So what API platform does, it's like, all right, let's get rid of, for the most part, that controller layer and actually think about our backend as far as like models. So it's like, it wants you to like take your, your product model or your user model and say, I want to expose this as an API and like, boom, right then you've got like the, the single get collection. Post, post, delete, all of the points coming back with like JSON linked data, um, Hydra format. Uh, it's got like the open API, um, slash swagger, um, uh, basically documentation that you can play with and everything like that. Um, and, and, and on top of that, like it's super customizable because for a long time I was like, yeah, this looks really amazing, but, uh, it's going to kind of fall apart once you start customizing it. And either, either they've done that really well or I've waited long enough to really get into it because like I don't, hear that as a complaint like it, it's built, still built on top of symphony so you can still do tons of like cool stuff with it so honestly so as, for as much stuff as i like i want to talk about with um stuff that we're doing in symphony like it's lots of great stuff we're doing in symphony i'm super excited like it's going an amazing direction um i could probably sell more ice cream if i just said there's this thing called api platform and you should try it because it's 
incredible. I mean, so you mentioned it has like open API support and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. it, uh, you said mm-hmm. it follows like JSON API. I mean, but I, I think Phil would probably haunt me uh, <laughs> other countries. And if, if we don't ask, does it support hypermedia links and Hadios and all that good stuff too? Yeah. That's what, that's basically what the, um, yes. And if I, and I'm going to totally talk beyond my pay grade right now because, uh, cause I am, um, I'm pretty sure like that's basically like JSON LD is that linked data. Um, so I think it's basically built into that format and somebody's going to yell at me if I'm wrong about that. Um, but yes, like you're coming back with links on everything. So everything's done with IRIs, um, and the IRIs all linked to each other. Um, so it's actually a little bit like it's, it's think about it. It's like, it's all super duper standard to the spec. I mean, like everything about API platform is like, do not reinvent what the open standards of APIs are trying to accomplish right now. Like, let's just do what open APIs are supposed to accomplish. Um, so that includes like, yeah, uh, uh, basically links. So if I have like two different resources, and this is like something that weirded me out at first, but now I love it. Um, if I have two different resources and one, and one of them into another one, like what that key actually looks like, if it's like, it's like if it's a user and it's like related to a user, it's actually like a, it's a, it's a, it's an IRI. It's like, it's not like, oh, the ID for this product is like five. It's actually like it's slash API slash users slash five. Um, so it's actually like a link over to the, to the other, uh, um, resource. So yeah, it's all total. I, like I said, I'm still like honestly scratching the surface of it because, and maybe you guys can uh, like pipe in more about this. Um, but when you have like the open API, which, which is basically a fancy way of saying you're able to build an API and then generate a certain um, automated uh, readme, effectively a machine readable readme about your open API. You're able to like build that machine readable API, uh, 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 machine readable uh, um, readme for your API. Um, which is basically what open API is, then what you can do from that is you can actually start generating clients in different languages. So you can basically say, Hey, I have an API, like forget about how you make it. I have an API and it does stuff, but I've also like generated this very specific format that describes my API. And you can just be like, and here it is. I gave it to you. So you can take that then and you could actually like use a library to generate a PHP client, which actually like knows all the different methods and all the different resources. And when you get back this resource, it's going to have like a, uh, this key on it because that's what the JSON told me I was going to get back. Or you can take that same thing and you can give it to somebody, um, in JavaScript and they can build basically like a TypeScript, um, uh, um, client as well. So you're not like making like raw fetch calls anymore, but you're actually like dealing with a rich model and that model is automatically generated because that API actually like told you exactly what it looks like. Um, so for me, that's actually like one of the most exciting things. And that API platform gives you that like for free. Uh, but in general, even if you're not using API platform, um, like when this started to like click in my head, I was like, Oh my God, like I need to go find APIs and consume their, their open API spec. So I just, so I can see this happen. Like this is craziness. Yeah. That's the cool thing about open API is like what it allows you to do because not only can you write a spec and generate your, as you say, readme, but really, you know, machine readable spec file. You can also um, generate SDKs, SDKs, like you mentioned. You can also have a quicker feedback loop through mocking, mock servers, data validation, things like that. So it's that's it's really point. cool to see see Kevin add that into the platform because that's such a, a huge step forward for API development. That's still like it's on three but it's still not. Not as widespread as like Phil and myself and other people are really trying to make it. So like the fact that he's doing that really, really it's helps. hard, right? Like it's it's a lot yeah. of it's a lot of work. Um, you know, like like I'm I get I'm old school. So I come from like the standpoint of thinking like I need an API endpoint. Like let me build my JSON. 
Right. And this is like totally different. It's like totally meta. You're like, yeah. I need an API. Let me like describe it in a, in a completely rich way. And then we'll fill in the details of like actually making it work. Like you're, you're really making me like want to like just sign off this broadcast and just like <laughs> dive into all this. Like, cause I, I've seen API platform talk about so much. And, and what I really love when Kevin tweeted at me the other day is like his example was API platform and open API, two things I absolutely love. But then he was also like, Hey, Vue.js too. And I was like, yay. <laughs> the fact that all that kind of comes together really makes it awesome. Um, and it, it's, it's definitely showing that like, Y'all's developer experience is really, really like reaching a new level. I mean, like, how did y'all like, like what, what brought on like all the changes to the developer experience? Like, were you watching other frameworks and seeing what other people were talking about, complaining about, or is it just kind of like you knew what was already kind of broken and you just, you hit the road running? No, man. Laravel started kicking our butt hands down. That's it right there. That's it. I mean, when Symphony 2 came out, it was like the new hotness because just because it was like the first framework that made it to like, this is so old now, made it to like PC 5 games. Remember like nine years ago, it was like, yeah, it was like the most amazing thing. So because of that, we enjoyed a couple of years of like, uh, Symphony's awesome. You know, a lot of people were like, Symphony's also like really hard, but like, yeah, it's like really cool. Um, and then Laravel came along and I think they just, they just kind of took that, um, that thing. They're like, let's do like, you know, dependency injection container. Let's do, you know, obviously like namespaces and all that kind of stuff, but let's make the developer experience like, first and foremost. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, that's the truth of it. And I'm not afraid to say that. And you can, it's easy to look at what Symphony has done over the past few years and like see the, the Laravel inspiration, especially stuff that I work on. Um, yeah. I'm, ch- I'm chief Laravel idea stealer. Uh, probably because I'm not s- smart enough to like make my own ideas, but also because Taylor's done such a good job with those ideas. Um, so of course, like I'll say we, we take, you know, we, we like, we borrow from Laravel's ideas and like we do it the Symphony way, which, you know, I think is like the better way. Um, not to start any flame wars because we stole their ideas in the first place and thought they were amazing. Um, so, you know, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we took their ideas and we implemented them the better way. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. This is a great time to mention that, uh, Taylor has just paid Kyle me a hundred dollars to say that this episode is sponsored by Laravel. So, perfect. um, I'm just, I'm just kidding. My bank account. Uh, Taylor, if you uh, want to get me, if you're listening. No, I uh, honestly, I cannot like, it's not what I develop in. It's not what I prefer to develop in, but I, I can't, I don't have enough. Yes. Honestly, for better or worse, I can't have enough love for Laravel. Like we are trying to eclipse Laravel in developer experience. It's classic, like uh, uh competition We're trying to eclipse them in developer experience with a true object oriented experience that can go from micro to macro. That was spicy. That didn't even mean that'd be spicy. That was pretty spicy. <laughs> didn't even mean that'd be spicy, you know? Like, for better or worse, we follow object-oriented principles until we hang ourselves with them, you know? So it's not right. always, like, the the, uh, the easiest way. We're trying to make it the easiest way, you know? So, like, that's, like, stuff we've done with auto-wiring over the past couple of years. Like, Laravel did that first, so, you know? We have it now. It's a true object-oriented, blah, blah, blah. But, um, but you know, a lot of those ideas yeah, don't I, like came yeah, from there. I remember... There, um, I remember Bo Simonson was at Sunshine now two years ago, and he was talking about how to set up auto wiring in Symphony. This is, I think, before it was actually a, a, a thing that Symphony did. So it's great to see those kind of concepts being pulled in. Yeah, um, he was he was somebody that definitely pushed us. You know, he's, he's another person like you, Matt, that has 
been in both worlds, you know, um, yeah. you guys are incredibly useful and, and probably will be bothered on Slack a lot. I'm so useful. <laughs> about time. That's where I'm <laughs> my review, right? Because yeah, so, he pushes a lot with that. Because again, it's like, it really is. It's, it's, um, there's lots of cool things happening in the Symphony world. Some of them certainly are things that are inspired by Layer Vault. And then we just yeah. try to do it like the, the Symphony way. So, you know, Symphony had a compiled container, which is really great for performance. Um, it also makes the auto wiring thing a little bit harder, but, but now you kind of get the best of both worlds because you get this like super performance compiled yeah. container, um, with the auto wiring stuff on top of it. But, you know, it took some time for us to get there for sure. Yeah, I mean, the, big, the biggest thing I saw lately that like I was super excited about was the Maker Bundle, uh, which I think, correct me if I'm wrong, that's the one that kind of stole a bunch of ideas from Laravel's Artisan uh, console command where you can just kind of like make controller pass on a path and like there's a, a scaffold controller for you already. That's like one. Yeah. I love having that now. Can I say, we probably both just stole this from Ruby on Rails. I probably yeah because yeah. we technically had we we had a bundle before that yeah yeah you know we had yeah. a bundle before that <laughs> called this called the generator bundle but the thing was the word generate is like super not hipster and so Laravel they figured this out make sounds way cooler yeah so we basically made ours make as well so here's so, here the question for you <laughs> what where did bundle come from like what what is the meaning behind labeling your different namespaces bundle. Well, we don't do that anymore. Um, like you have in your Open Sky app. Yeah. But but in in new applications, like nobody creates a bundle. Huh. The only yeah, the only thing that our bundles are like third party reusable stuff. Oh, huh, cool. I was just curious. Yeah, you see, like you're in in a like in a Symphony Four app, like it looks honestly again, it looks a lot like Laravel. You're like, I have a directory and I put classes in it. Hmm. But to answer your question, it goes way back when Symphony Two first came out. It was this idea of like there's like bundles are just plugins, really, but like the the end user was going to create bundles in their application and there were also going to be third party bundles and in the word plugins kind of made it sound like they weren't first party citizens you know you don't normally think of like i developed my entire application simply by creating plugins so fabian basically invented this word bundles which is really a plugin um yeah. but in simply until you code bundles we scratch that just cuz it's honestly it's simpler not to have bundles in your application so now you have directories of files that makes sense. I love so, I love directors of files. It's, it's one less concept. Yeah, I mean, it really is. It, it took me a minute at my in the Open Sky application to kind of really wrap my head around what are bundles and how yeah, do they... you get that question. You're like, what is this? The answer yeah. is it's, it's a directory with a name. <laughs> I mean, it, it's basically just a namespace <laughs> box of stuff. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know if you've ever seen the Open Sky application, but it's massive and it's just one more thing on a, a mountain of stuff you have to learn. That's just like I don't want to learn what bundles are, but you kind of you, know, you have to. So yeah, so yeah, you, you because that application's been around for so long. You like you're seeing some of the lessons that we've learned over the years of, of exactly what you said. You're like yeah. that's an extra concept, and we're like, hmm, do we need that extra concept? It's like, oh, we don't. All I right. mean, Jay Wage, if you're listening, there's a book idea right there of like mirroring Symphony application development to Symphony framework development and lessons learned. In a old ass code base, you need some money. There you go. Um, so, what what other things in the Symphony world are really ex exciting you right now? Like, I know they just released a new HTTP client. There's a mailer. There's Panther. Um, oh yeah, Panther. Yeah. Cloud. Um, I mean, if you want to get really spicy, I have a question I can throw your way, or we can wait a little bit. It's all up to you. Um. Okay. You have to. You have to throw the question at me now because you said spicy. It, it's very spicy. 
Um, how many Symphony developers complained that they had to add void to their return types based on PHP unit 8? <laughs> oh, I remember that. Fire. Fire. <laughs> oh, none that I know of. There you go. There you go. Okay. I was just curious. No yeah, I did, I did hear some complaints, though. Do what? I did hear some complaints, but not from Symphony people. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jake however, uh -oh. however, I, the people that I heard complaining, I don't really feel very strongly, but I will say I did not disagree with them. You don't think so? It was a big shoulder shrug for me because I don't really care. But I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Eh. Makes sense. I mean, Void is kind of like, okay, it's not entirely, but Void is, in some ways, Void is kind of silly. That's fair. I can, I can agree with you on that. You should talk to Nicholas Grekis about this sometimes because he's smarter than I am and he actually has like technical reasons for why Void can cause problems with like backwards compatibility. Yeah, I met Nicholas last year. He's a super nice guy. Yeah, he's, he's also great. a super nice guy. Yeah. That's one of the really cool things about the communities. I mean, I, I really feel like Symphony is way more of a global community um, than other PHP communities, but it's, everyone is just so nice and welcoming. You know, I mean, Nicholas, Fabian, uh, you, uh, Kevin's super nice. Um, mm -hmm. Michael Cullum, you know, he's, he's there, but yeah. Yeah, I shared a hotel room with him like two nights ago. <laughs> if, if you wanted to like have someone tell you sweet things, I could have done that for you. <laughs> yeah, but not but, in his accent. That's true. Well, I mean, I just have Google translated for me. Yeah. You know, Michael, you should ask him about it. Anybody hears this. Michael's been working on his Southern accent. Oh, that's because oh, I, I, I almost slept on my couch a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so classic. <laughs> he was up in Chicago and I was like, dude, escape the snow. Come sleep on my couch. And he, he almost did. I'm a little surprised he didn't. That's that's Michael, man. He's just up for it. I, yeah. I drug him to DrupalCon last week. Yeah. So I think this one does. <laughs> I found his I found his phone number on uh, Facebook. So I started texting him and he had no idea who it was. Oh, that's awesome. And I just kept like messing with him the entire it was, it was so great um but so i mean like we can rag on i, I could spend 60 minutes just ragging on column honestly um but so i mean pick one let's let's deep dive either the mailer panther or the http client which one um, we should probably do http client okay so that's that's a good that's a good hot topic that people either love or people got really pissed off about right so, I mean, let's start with it what, what were the complaints like what what were people really not thrilled about um so have you guys ever heard of any other PHP clients or HTTP clients written in PHP? Because there are a bunch. So that's I mean, the complaint, right? It's like, hey, HTTP plug and things like that. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, okay. you know, from that perspective, it's like, hey, Symphony finally came to the rescue and solved this problem again. Well, again, okay. I mean, my first question is, is it a problem that needed solving? It did inside of Symphony. So there are a couple of like practical things. So first of all, I'll say that, that Nick, Nicholas Grekus is super smart and he's the one that worked on it. He talked with me for better or worse a lot about the developer experience of it. And I'm super happy with it. It's lazy by default, but doesn't feel lazy. So okay. it's like you can make a client and say like, I want to you know, request this URL, request that URL, request that URL. And all three of those are happening async in the background without you asking. But then if you don't really care about that or don't realize that as soon as you call like get content or like get header or something like that on one of those responses, it blocks until it finishes. So it basically feels like a synchronous library, but really it's happening asynchronously. And if you do want to handle them asynchronously, then you actually at the bottom say, okay, I want to basically like, uh, you know, start, start calling me as these things finish and you can like chunk them in one by one. 
Um, you basically have a callback that's called as they're finishing. So it is asynchronous first without feeling asynchronous first, because as you know, like async, you see a lot in Node, for example, right? Like async is amazing, but it can make your applications, it, may, it does make your applications more complex when you don't need to take advantage of that async. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds. So I'm really excited about the um, developer experience of it. Like Guzzle is amazing as that's been over the years. Like every version came out with was like closer and more perfect to like the HTTP spec. And in my opinion, like less usable. Like I so miss the Guzzle three or four like response arrow JSON method. Yeah. That like decoded it for me. Yeah. <laughs> and like threw an exception if the decoding failed. But like that's, you know, it's not, that's not part of HTTP. So, you know, they got rid of it for better or worse. So, you know, I'm excited about the developer experience of the Symphony one. So to go back like the need in the Symphony world, there are, there are like two needs. One of them, as you guys know, um, probably, you know, we don't in the Symphony world, we don't love, um, PSR seven. So there is, um, help me out. Is it PSR 16? I'm look like an idiot. Um, for, for HTTP client. I think it's seven and six. I want to say 16. Yeah. All right. Googling um, in the background. Um, 18. I knew it didn't talk about 18. 18. Um, now PSR 18, and we'll just pretend that we edited that backwards. PSR 7 is the request response interface, and PSR 18 is the HTTP client interface. So it's actually like a FIG approved one. Um, and the problem, like, you know, I say problem, like it depends on who you are, is that that uses PSR 7. And PSR 7 is just very, it's very, it's very orthogonal to the way that we want our requests and responses to work in Symphony. Like it just doesn't work with our philosophy. That's totally subjective, but it doesn't work with our philosophy. So we didn't want to build an HTTP client on that interface. Um, which is why we have our own. By the way, we do have a new, again, something we took from Laravel. We do have a new package called Symphony Contracts. So a lot of the interfaces that we have are getting pushed to Symphony Contracts so that you can just, um, you know, require a Symphony contract if you just wanted to implement an interface. Like there is a new HTTP client interface from Symphony. So if you just wanted to build a client for that, you could just, you know, depend on that interface from that contract. Um, the other thing, which is like a little bit more, more subtle, and this is the kind of stuff though that for people in the symphony world think about not me because uh, i just like make try to make stuff <laughs> i i work on maker bundle we generate controllers um <laughs> the other people will think about this is um kind of like long-term support and security so symphony has that uh like we have long-term support we know exactly when our long-term supports are coming we um support them for a certain number of years we take security releases very Seriously, this is important because projects like Drupal use Symphony. So we have to like, they have to know exactly how long they can depend on Symphony, like how the process for those security releases going down there. So it's very, it's like, it's not ideal from a security standpoint for, um, or it's kind of complicated for Symphony. Anytime Symphony, a core piece of, uh, Symphony depends on a third party library. Uh, cause we can't, we don't know what their security policy is and we don't know what their long term support is. So unless a library has that very clearly defined and they're going to play ball with us the same way that Symphony uh, works with Drupal, like we can't really depend on them. So we have a couple of components now, like Mailer, which is coming out, which need, needed this HTTP client in turn Symphony. So for the first time, we were like, we need request response to HTTP client stuff like inside of Symphony itself. It's not just like, here's a library you can use if you want to, but we're not using that. We needed to use it. And we needed something like that we could depend on from a security and support standpoint. So, um, I mean, that, that all sounds fascinating. I get, my question is, so Tobias Nyholm, he's, as far as I know, still a Symphony um, internal developer. I think he still he manages HTTP plug as well. Was there not a a way to kind of make HTTP plug play well with Symphony instead of kind of rewriting the 
the wheel. I'm not. I'm not saying that rewriting the wheel is bad. Sometimes it's needed. But I'm just curious with with the uh, with the expertise you had with Tobias. Um, like, was that a factor, or was it just kind of a we need to do this? Somewhere? Yeah, it is. It is sort of a strange thing. Yeah, because he's on the core team, and like Tobias is so great, and and, and you know, like he actively. This, is, this also happened with um the cash library. Like he already had a cash implementation, and Symphony made their own. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a really good sport about and just like style because um, Tobias is amazing. But isn't HTTP plug um, that basically is centered around the HTTP client interface, isn't it? I know it predates it. It predates it, but I think now it does, uh, considering that he was the author of PSR 18 as well. And I'm, I, I could be wrong, but don't they have Guzzle under that, that name as well now? Uh, I know that he uh, also like is one of the maintainers of Guzzle as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I actually can't really answer that exactly. Um, I know that it would probably AC plug probably would have needed to be brought under the um, Symphony namespace for that to happen again. Just like probably for like kind of uh, ma- maintenance and um, security stuff. And I'm just like an idiot again. That's okay. I- I'm totally good with that. I'm just like preface it with like here's Ryan, ta- th- you know, saying things he doesn't know what he's talking about. Also, like Tobias is my good friend, so he's gonna be mad at me. Um, but isn't HTTP plug? That is mostly about the interface, isn't it? It's like less about, does it even have its own implementation? So the HTTP plug was like, we're the adapter. And then you like put like guzzle or something else behind to actually like make it go. Yes. So here's Matt saying something stupid as the whole HTTP town hall, which is amazing <laughs> that they let me do this. Um, <laughs> I actually have not used HTTP plug all that much. Um, only because I think that's how it does it. And instead I just go grab guzzle. Yeah, you use it directly. Yeah, yeah. I guess he's guzzle. I think it's more about the interoperability. So I don't know if there's something, in some sense, something to take from HTTP plug other than like lessons learned and inspiration and that kind of yeah. stuff. And that's all to say, like the, the tough thing about PSR 18 is that um, it's not a bad interface. Um, it's it's a great interface and like lots of smart people worked on it. And actually, to that point, there is a, it's a one class um uh, adapter around Symphony's HTTP client that turns it into a PSR eight, PSR eighteen HTTP client, um, and that was important for us because if you're using Symphony and you're like, hey, like, I'm using this library, this library, this library, good. All of a sudden, you use a library here in PSR eighteen HTTP client, but I'm using Symphony's. You're like, ah, this right, side. yeah. So we so we basically give you uh, the normal HTTP client service. We also give you a PSR eighteen one. So when you auto wire, you just like type in which one you want, and you just get past it. So it still allows you to like grab the PSR 18 one if you, uh, if you want it. So yeah, PSR 18 is not a bad interface. It's a great interface. And, um, again, I don't know exactly what everything that went into like what Nicholas did when he was building the HP client, but I know that he tried to build off the shoulders of giants across many languages. So I'm sure it's something that yeah. you looked into because what was really, because we couldn't use the interface because we didn't want to use PSR seven. Um, what really was to gain from there was like those smart people and like the work they did and the spec mm-hmm. docs they did up and the sort of lessons learned. So I, I remember last year when Fabian was here in Nashville and we had the the, the massive uh, Nashville PHP, which is super dope. Um, he vocally announced he did not like PSR seven, but <laughs> is, he, is he a fan of eighteen or is he kind of resigned to it's it's there and we should use it? What eighteen or seven? Yeah, eighteen. Um, I think my guess would be the same thing that. I think, which is really scary things. I never want to say anything on Fabian's behalf because I'm almost always wrong. It's just like, you know, like a level smarter than I am. But I think it's like, because, because PSR 18 is built, built in PSR 7, it's not, it's like kind of a null conversation. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's you fair. Know? But like, you know, like if you actually look at the interface itself, I'm guessing if he did, I don't know that if he actually has, he'd actually be like, yeah, this is a solid interface. And it makes sense. I just wish that it didn't work with VSR7 requests and responses. Right. So it makes it tough. So of course, now we're going to say use Symfony's HTTP client and you can implement both interfaces if you want. And we hope that other libraries that um, implement the PSR 18 one add the PSR, uh, sorry, the Symfony um, uh, HTTP interface adapter to theirs. Um, they're not like, the reason it was only one class I told, I told Nicholas, I was, hey, could we make a PSR 8 adapter for this? And he's like, maybe. And then he came back like 30 minutes later. He's like, I did it. Because they're, they're, they're really not that different. And HP clients don't do that much. So it's not like it was the craziest thing. That makes sense. So um, what, like, what, what's, what's in the pipeline for like the next year or so? Um, what kind of things can people expect coming out? Like, you know, we had the mailer, we had the HP client, we had Panther, uh, Messenger, all these awesome things drop within the last year is there is there anything on the, the horizon people can be looking for um mm, like, I know, I know, like when taylor is doing it he's all super secret and and kind of hidden away with his super secret projects but with symphony it kind of feels like it's like you don't say anything until you just drop this massive library and everyone's like oh man, there's <laughs> that's so but true no one ever knows like this is coming and the truth is neither do i but I mean, you have access to the super secret Slack channel. I know you do. I do, and like, and they include me on some things and other things that I think they they realize that I am not going to be helpful on. <laughs> I thought you said yeah. like how uh, what, what's his face in the Marvel comics? They don't give him the script because they know he'll just like talk about it. Um, <laughs> no, I, probably not that. Although oh, maybe I might. I I was drinking right. Yeah. No. So like Mailer, that was a surprise for me. Um, I get like a super cryptic message like a month before that Fabian's like, "Hey, Fab Fabian talks to me like once a month, and he he gives me like a, he'll write he'll write like one sentence to me, and yeah. like he was like, hey, I was like, hey, he's like, do you have any screencasts about sending emails in Symphony on Symphony Casts? And I was like, no. And he was like, okay. And then a month later at some keynote, he's like, Symphony Mailer. I was like, ah, oh, yeah. you did there. So and I then and then one other time he he has a he has a touch bar on his computer. Oh, yeah. And um, and he put like a little Symphony Cast logo on there with like some subscriber stats, and now uh, and he took a picture of his computer and he sent it to me. He said using a new component in this, and like cool. three months later, I found about HTTP client. <laughs> oh, so okay. five, yeah, Fabian is his own strange way of releasing things. So I can't tell you. So I, so the truth is, like there are secret things that like I don't know when they're happening. Sometimes I do know if they're happening, and even if I knew, I couldn't tell you. Mm. But I actually don't know if anything right now. There's one big thing that I, I, that I do know that's public and it's just going to require some work to push it through. And it's Symphony's um, security layer. And it's just like, it's going to, like, I hope we can push it through. It's like, it's super boring in some ways. It's just like making it simpler. Yeah. We've added, we've definitely added a, like an easy button on top of it, like five years ago called guard authentication. Um, but there are still like a bunch of pieces that we can just like pull out. They're going to make it like super awesome, super simple. Um, the maker bundle is like another one that already has like made it step through some of those layers really easily. Like you have a make user command, you can like make a user and it asks you like, you need to check their password or is this like more of an like, API user? Maybe it's so user. So it'll walk you through that. And like there's another one called like make, make off to like help you like build the different styles of authenticators. Um, but we can still make like the security components, um, simpler. And then you do there's and then there's whatever Kevin Douglas over at API platform is working on. Like yeah, he yeah. he released um uh, Mercure. So. I, yeah, he, I I I saw it. It's a real time like pusher. It looks like 
Yeah, it's built on HTTP2. So if you if you like know if you know the idea behind WebSockets, and again, this is like me talking about my pay grade like normal. But if you know the like what you get from WebSockets, you know, you're like, oh, like I pushed something from my server and like the JavaScript instantly updated. Like that's what it is. Yeah. But it's built on top of the new technology and concepts behind HTTP2. So it's like leveraging the HTTP push in some way. So it is like a server that you run. He's like made like a whole a whole spec around it. And like Mercury is the library itself that like does that. So you spin up this Mercury instance. Yeah, then you're able to like publish messages from the server and like listen to them um, uh, from um, JavaScript, um, which is also another thing. Like if you go that like full Dockerized API platform setup, you know, um, like that's one of the things you get is a Docker container that's running Mercure. So that your application can instantly just start sending messages to it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds that sounds really cool. Uh, when when can people expect like a deep dive on API platform on SymphonyCast? Yeah, uh, a month. Okay, I'll hold you to that. Yeah, I know you should, man. It's I will. like uh, ho- hopefully sooner. It's, uh, it's a lot of us already written, and and we're gonna do multiple parts on it because it's it's super. There's a lot to cover, and it's super awesome. So in the meantime, uh, what what kind of stuff is on? Dropping on seventy casts right now. Ooh, right now we are doing um, a really quick one on Webpack Encore, um, which is like one of my favorite libraries. So if you, it's basically Webpack with an easy button. So again, like it's uh, it's something else that like uh, is like an idea that's borrowed from Laravel because they have Mix. Yep. So it's basically Symfony's way of that. My plug for Webpack Encore, and it works in anything because it's just a Node library, um, is that it's like a very, if you use Webpack before, it's a very small layer on top of it. Um, whereas mix is really like takes over the entire experience for better or worse. And like you kind of do things the mix way. Webpack Encore, you actually have a webpack.config.js file, just like you have with Webpack. And all you're doing inside of that is you're actually using basically a configuration builder. Yep. And, like it's super rad. But you're like, you know what? I need like this entry, that entry, that entry. I want SAS support. I want to go through like the React preset. And I want like TypeScript support and like these two other things. And at the bottom, you're basically like, now can you barf out the standard webpack config that would give me that? Yeah. So and it works really well. So we're doing webpack encore right now. We just did like a file uploads one, which is super fun because we uploaded stuff to, you know, the cloud and use fly system and all that cool stuff. So then it's like, oh, and then we'll do messenger once 4.3 comes out. We're gonna cover mailer. It's like just lots of cool stuff to nerd out on right now. Yeah, I mean, I I love y'all's platform. I made wage buy for me at one point, and it was it was awesome to deep dive and learn new things um so i want to make sure we got a plug for that too um because it's so i mean it, like when i remember like we found out a little bit earlier when uh Fabian was bringing uh what was kmp university under the symphony name and we we're all like oh that's that's so cool and yeah you know, so happy to see y'all making it with the success there so you know thank you man it's go been fun. get a, a subscription if you don't have one it's, it's check way it out more, however how i don't even know how much how much does it cost a month uh, twenty four ninety nine a month, or um, this is kind of our way of giving everything away for free because that's like I'm an open source person, so I do that. And then like Leanna is like, you can't give everything away for free, and I'm like, but I want to. She's yes, like, but we have to send our kid to daycare, so yeah. we we have all all of the scripts and code blocks are free below the video. Um, because honestly, it's tough with everybody around the world. So like, if you can't afford twenty four ninety nine or whatever, or you just like want to take it for a desktop, just read the script below. We have like code blocks in there. We have something called magic code blocks where the code blocks are actually ex- expandable. So as you're like reading through, you see a code block and code blocks like kind of looks like a GitHub pull request where we show you like the five lines that are important. But if you're like lost and need more context, then you can just like click to expand. And if you have a subscription, you can click any of the text like in the middle down there and it'll like pop you up to that part of the video, which is one of my favorite features. 
Yeah, that's really cool. I like yeah. it a lot. Cool, man. It was great talking to you. Thank you so much for coming um, out here. Is there anything we left off that you want to hit up real fast, or um, you know, wait? <laughs> do you want to do you want to do your coworkers one forms? Why? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about forms real fast. They suck. They're terrible, and I hate non-skating. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm glad that I'm glad that the web is moving away from forms. <laughs> is that a valid answer? It's one of those. I remember my boss at one point when I first started, he was like, you know, if you figure out forms, you'll be like the, 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 the best developer in the company. And almost a year and a half later, I'm still like, man, forms are, they're not terrible, but they're not. It's such, it's such a crazy, cool, uh, awesome component that gives like so much stuff done and wrapped into one until you have like that, that case where like your form starts doing weird stuff. Like your form starts getting like a little bit complicated. Yeah. And you're like, you're kind of like you're, you're you get into more trouble. Yeah. So my advice is like use the form system when, until you don't like it anymore, and then stop using it and do something else. Just build basic forms with a HTTP. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can totally like I I know it like of course I've been doing it so long. I know it really well, so like I can do lots of stuff with it. But yeah, you know, the problem is like when your forms like the form system is set up really well to like work to like your form. The form system is happy when your entity class and your form look exactly the same, like I have a name property and I have a name field, right? Like, yay, it's very kumbaya in that way. And as soon as that starts falling apart, then you start like just lots of glue code to like try to get this thing. And like, you could seriously have a form with three fields in it where you have like a form class and then you have like seven different layers trying to like get those three fields to like fit into the entity that it doesn't match very well. So that's where people like basically go wrong. So yep. yeah, use Intel doesn't help you. Also, like DTOs are helpful for people that that get into a mess. You know, if, you, if your form class doesn't look like your entity, make a DTO that has the exact same three fields as your model, or sorry, as your form. Um, and then in your controller, just grab the three fields off your DTO and just like shove them onto the, like the ten database tables that need to be updated, and then yeah. call it a day. Yeah. No, I mean. It's a little bit of black magic with the forms, but yeah, I mean, like, like you said, if, if your entity and your your form match up, it, it's a, a flawless experience. It's, it's like you know, it's it's one of those things. Like it's like one of the few components where I'm like, most of the time I'm like, I'm like, you're like, you're like, hey, this is getting kind of hard, and I'm like, you know, what? just like do this and this and push through, and you're gonna like love the result. And like that's the only component I can think of where I'm like, take it to that eighty percent where you're having a good time, and then bail on the last twenty percent. Don't push through. You're not, you're not going to be happy with, you're not going to be happy with your life afterwards. Well, I'm never happy in my life, but I feel like getting the 80% is definitely a good, good piece of advice for most people, especially people new assembly who don't totally understand uh, what the form entities are actually supposed to be doing. So that all came, that all came back from Matt's coworkers wanting to put in the question forms, comma, why question mark. Yep. So I thought I deserved an answer. <laughs> Odian subs. That was for you. Um, give me a raise. Now, uh, <laughs> like I said, Ryan, awesome to see you. Awesome to talk to you. Uh, thank you so much for giving us your time. We'd love to, I mean, we should in six months or so at their next symphony conference, let's, let's get back together and see what, uh, new stuff is going on in symphony. I love you, man. Cool, man. It's great seeing you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, that it's built on API platform. I'm yeah, looking forward uh, to the Twitter stream. Bug bug me so I keep doing when, it. Otherwise, I'll. When should we, uh, as the town hall community, check back in with Matt Trask on the progress? Every day until it's done. 
You know my you know where to find me. You have my phone number, you have my Twitter, my Slack. We're friends on Facebook, I think. I don't know. Matt Hopefully. Callum has your num has your phone number also now. Do what? Matt Callum also has your phone number now, so he can he can harass you. Yeah, but he won't because he thinks text messages are beneath him. Really? Yeah, he asked me, he's like, why are we using such outdated technology to talk? I'm like, <laughs> when, did, when did text messages become outdated? Oh, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, if if you if you can bug me about it and I'll I'll keep making progress and I'll try and blog about it too. Um just to kind of help other people. But I will definitely I will definitely get working on that tomorrow. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna forget all about that. I know I am too. It's okay. That's over here. Uh, several people will are here to remind you, so don't you worry. I know Wage is watching, and I know Bo is watching, so I know somebody's gonna remind me to work on this little throwaway project. Um, but like I said, Ryan, thank you, Amanda, thank you so much. We'll see everyone next time. Oh, Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you.